Darkness Earthlings. Greetings, my friends. We're here again. Another week has gone by. Thank goodness. Tonight is going to be an interesting night because because of my DJ skills. Yeah, my partner has, has <laughs> drummed up a couple of nice little pieces that we're going to listen to today. We're going to start off with the book that I, I've been uh, pulling articles How from. How are you doing, by the way? I'm feeling pretty good. This week is, uh, is a healthy week for me because we're getting close to Christmas and my favorite time of the year. I thought you were going to say close to disclosure. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That could be any any moment. Uh, or not. Um, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been reading this book uh, and I've been uh, pulling articles from uh, the presidents and UFOs. A oh, Secret yeah. History from FDR to Obama by Larry Holcomb. Mm -hmm. Great great book covers the uh, the subject as as the presidents came into their uh, their uh, positions each each uh, change of uh, presidents uh, had a different set of uh, cases that occurred during their administration I think and, Mr. Holcomb uh, is a brave guy too I'm like if I was gonna write a book hmm. <laughs> he's pretty brave yeah, he's pretty brave in, in attacking the uh, the president's point of view because, uh, after all, we are talking about the commander in chief. That's right, John Devito, Majestic Twelve, baby. The uh, the story I'm about to uh, talk about is the uh, connection that our president Richard Nixon had with a very famous man. And uh, every year, a lot of people uh, watch the reruns of The Honeymooners. And uh, one of the actors in that show is Jackie Gleason, very well-known uh, individual. And, and that, that uh, show kind of set the standard for sitcoms from year, even till today. You can yeah, still I think it was the, the forerunner and, of uh, All in yeah. the Family. And uh, what a show. A lot I of mean, the, what an actor, too. The, uh, all of them. The position that he had with uh, the president was uh, golf, and uh, their connection, I guess, uh, grew as oh, Jackie they, Gleason played, played golf with with Richard Nixon. They uh, became very good, close friends. I thought he said, uh, "I am not a golfer." <laughs> now, Jackie Gleason had a uh, interest in this subject for quite a long time, and. Uh, Mr. Gleason was actually a, a serious armchair ufologist. And, and you got to figure, you know, when you have fame like that, you can have some pretty high-level conversations with people you bump into. People oh, tend yeah. to get cozy with you pretty quick. You would think you had some access, access to certain things that maybe other people wouldn't have. You'd have a better chance of it, right? Yeah. The the The... The, the intriguing uh, conversations that take place on golf courses are very uh, uh, underestimated to, to uh, people. They think, oh, golf is just a, uh, a, friendly, uh, a friendly place to spend an afternoon, you know, hitting a ball into a hole. But many, many important conversations concerning all types of topics mm -hmm. have taken place out on golf courses because – of the isolation of <laughs> yeah. their uh, their proximity to uh, being listened to by somebody 
that uh, should not hear what they're talking about. Agreed. And the conversations that would develop uh, between uh, uh, Jackie Gleason and Nixon uh, started to become quite uh, intriguing because Gleason knew a lot about this subject. And uh, he has a collection of uh, books that exceeds mine. And I thought I had a <laughs> quite a large collection. I but can vouch for that. I have my partner here staring at my collection. And uh, I, mean, <laughs> I often stare at your collection. I, I look at the collection that, that Mr. Gleason has, and it, and it says you here, right in, in, the, yes, right in his book, it. and it says he has 1,700 books on the subject <laughs> of UFOs and the paranormal, which were donated to the University of Miami after his death. Wow. It is clear that Gleason did, did have something far greater than just a passing interest in UFOs. And he uh, would continuously uh, find out more and more information. He also had a home built in Peekskill, which cost him quite a bit of money at the time. And um, he's just recently sold this house. This house was something he used to call the mothership and the, uh, the little outbuildings on the uh, property, he used to call the scout ships. And uh, he recently sold this property for a couple of million dollars. But um, I've seen photographs of the, uh, the home, and it looks just like a, an alien spaceship made out of uh, wood and other products uh, that you would recognize. But... Uh, he uh, he was uh, nudging uh, Mr. Uh, Nixon to uh, give him more information uh, that he could. And, of course, uh, it looks like that uh, Nixon was not all in the loop of receiving updated information. He had a casual uh, interest, and it grew and grew. He also became uh, a, confident, a confidant of John F. Kennedy, when uh, Kennedy and him, uh, when Richard Nixon and, and, and Kennedy ran uh, in a uh, race in the 60s. So they became a little bit of, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, he, would, he would rely on Mr. Nixon for information because he, he, he thought he was a very brilliant man. And even though he had trouble later on in his, uh, in his presidency, uh, Richard Nixon was uh, quite a uh, foreign policy expert. Uh, well, I, I, it seems like something I saw lately was alluding to that they thought he had been framed. I had never really, I haven't researched it much myself. I mean, I was pretty young when it happened. But. Well, the Watergate uh, affair sort of really uh, did a lot of damage to Nixon's. Uh, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And uh, the. Uh, well, <laughs> there was a book that was written. Knowing what I know now, I mean, I can I can kind of gather uh, there was leaks there. You know, leaks are a dangerous thing when you think about it. Yeah, because they, they can be used uh, to damage or improve your uh, credibility yeah. or your situation. You know, yeah, or, it depends or suppress, on, on the situation your or, mm -hmm. or to. Now, in the book here. Obfuscate or. Yeah, shield it, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it, 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 in in reading about his uh, extreme uh, 
excellence in, in foreign policy, a few people today remember or understand how younger people uh, really uh, admired Nixon. He had a, uh, a landslide reelection over mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Carter. And uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Jimmy Carter. No, it was. Um, uh, I have to have to get back to you on that. Yeah, I, I forgot myself. Oh yeah, it was he. Uh, he ran against uh, Johnson, and and uh, he won the election in '68, I believe. Yes, that that was was '68. But anyway, to get back to his uh, affiliation with uh, Jackie Gleason, his uh, good friend and golfing buddy, um, <laughs> one particular incident that uh, is uh, floating around in the uh, UFO story is, is told by his former wife, uh, Beverly McCatrick Gleason. After their separation... She was interviewed by Esquire magazine to discuss a book she was writing about her time with Mr. Gleason. During the interview, she spoke about the alleged late-night trip when Nixon took Gleason to see dead bodies or preserved aliens at the Homestead Air Force Base. The story has a number of variations. But in, but in general, it goes like this, quote, Ms. Kirkpatrick stated that during a round of golf at Gleason's Inter, Interveri Golf Club, Nixon and Gleason discussed, among other things, UFOs. Later that night, Nixon showed up at Gleason's home and whisked him away to Homestead Air Force Base where they entered a hangar in a high-security area containing a crashed UFO and the remains of preserved ETs. Gleason returned home in a very disturbed state and eventually told his wife what he saw. Shortly thereafter, the Gleasons separated, (laughs) and at some point at this time frame, the Esquire article came out. In a a 2003 interview... A telephone interview. She stated that when the article was published, Mr. Gleason called her and was very upset that she told Esquire that Nixon story and that relationship and what the relationship that they still employed was now over. Isn't that something now? Now I'm thinking, well, leaks can be good. (laughs) Except when they they affect somebody's. uh, I happen to like this leak. His, yeah, so his this is one is of those favored leaks. However, mm-hmm. he never denied her account of the late night trip with the president. The story has a number of variations, including that Nixon never did go with Gleason, and uh, <laughs> they, there's another version. That would that be has, the FBI. Yeah. Another version has Gleason being escorted to MacDill Air Force Base to see them without Nixon. What we do know as fact is that Gleason had an intense interest in the UFO issue. McPatrick related that Nixon and Gleason's story to uh, to, uh, the, to the Esquire magazine, and McPatrick mm-hmm. was interviewed several times about the same story. The strange tale seems to have a couple of problems, but 
The story cannot be dismissed, no matter how unlikely, because it came directly from his ex-wife. And the fact that Gleason has never denied it carries an additional weight. Considering what we know, there most likely are some, perhaps many, factual elements within this story. And uh, Mm -hmm. a book was written uh, years later by a a fellow named James Bacon. And in his book, How Sweet It Is, the Jackie Gleason story, uh, Gleason argued that the columnist Barb Considine had a negative interest in the subject. And uh, the author, Bacon, recalls that one day General Emmett O'Donnell overheard one argument between the two, and he came up to Constantine and said, Jackie's right. (laughs) Gleason also, on a number of occasions, mentioned that Nixon shared his interest in the phenomenon. It is beyond the pale to believe that Nixon didn't discuss UFOs with the president. Gleason was in a position that would be the envy of any legitimate researcher. Mm-hmm. Direct right. access to a president <laughs> <That's right. laughs> who may have shared Gleason's interest and was privy, privy to tightly held government secrets. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Very. I, um, oh, by the way, that was George McGovern that right. um, Nixon defeated in his second. Oh, term. that's right. Yeah, yeah. McGovern. But uh, Nixon was scarred after the uh, Watergate, uh, you know, and he was forced to uh, resign in uh, disgrace. So all of his uh, so-called successes in his administration have been uh, affected by the Watergate scandal. So any any good things that he had to do uh, with foreign policy were, were neglected uh, to be brought up to the surface because they, they kept pushing this Watergate uh, that he was a, uh, you know, conspiring to, to take out the Democrats, you know. And there was a book written back in, the, in those days called the Pentagon Papers, and it revealed that there was a break-in to the National uh, Committee uh, for the election of... Uh, the re-election of uh, what's his name? The uh, who was the president that ran against Nixon? Um, well, he, I know he lo- he lost to JFK um, in '62. Yeah, but I'm talking about yeah in the in the election that he ran against in '62. Hubert Humphrey and George Wallace. You no, mean in '74 he, oh. he pulled out of the uh, White House. Um, my memory fails me sometimes, Gerald, but uh, well, Gerald Ford came after him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the, yeah. I uh, I have to get those uh, those facts uh, straight again. But <laughs> but during but during the the Nixon uh, phase out between the time that he was leaving office, uh, all this uh, all these stories about his uh, performance as a president were people were goofing on him, calling him tricky dicky and. Uh, It was just a lot of publicity that was out there to defame him and to lessen his uh, credibility as a president. And that that could be due to this uh, this, uh, interest that he had shown in trying to uh, disclose this, this subject, because during his administration, he became involved with a uh, a couple of it individuals. It does fit a pattern. 
that we've seen before. <laughs> there was a, a man named Eminger, Robert Eminger, which I have a book by him, and he his book is called uh, Past, Present, and Future, the subject of UFOs. And Eminger was going to uh, work on a, a film that was being prepared for him, and uh, it was going to show a... Uh, an actual uh, landing of a craft, and uh, I remember you. I remember this one, yeah, yeah. And it never got to to it never got yeah. to finish, but it was up in the air. People and, were there to see it too. Like it went all the way up to the. Didn't it go mm -hmm. right up to the time it was supposed to mm -hmm. air? And then he never came out. Yeah, or something right. And, and and I mean he. he the, the 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 succession of the president's information as it came from Truman down to Kennedy down to Eisenhower all as as it descended down the president's up until the president's day today the present day <laughs> the information on this subject has dwindled to the president's level so that the present president that we have now has less information on the subject than the president during the 50s mm -hmm. so that 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 change in sharing that information on this subject shows you the 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 reason or one of the reasons that it has moved up into the top secret classification two levels above this subject like i've said in previous episodes is is in the category of the manhattan project which was the united states largest top secret project that we ever had. I mean, there were thousands of people working on this uh, bomb and no one knew about it. Very few people had the need to know. And this, and this need to know, quote, need to know, has been applied to this subject too. There's no need to know, according to this majestic 12 con uh, document, and uh, I, I can never underestimate the importance of this document, the Majestic 12 document, as it, as it controls our very Congress, and it controls the narrative that all of these nations have agreed to uh, keep this subject out of the uh, public's uh, awareness. And despite the amount of uh, interest in it from the public and from individuals who've had this uh, occasion to have these sightings from pilots to, to the local uh, population, it's quite extraordinary that, that, that the authorities are continuing to discredit this subject. And uh, it gives me more and more um, hope that uh, that the people are going to get tired of being lied to, and uh, this is one of the reasons, primary reasons, that I decided to start this podcast because there's a lot of information out on the subject, but to to understand how important this subject was and why it was moved into this classified, uh, uh, what do you call a classified position where. Everything about it is is controversial. I mean, from from the the fact that people have made sightings 
to the fact that people have said that they've been abducted. This information is not coming out. So I always ask myself, what could be so dangerous about releasing all this information? I mean, they, they don't want to release the information on the John F. Kennedy assassination. That, that's an, uh, another very strange thing. I mean, I Seems thought the a long Warren, time ago. The Warren Commission supposedly <laughs> set off the, the, the final sentence on that. that that's sure, why it took so long. Sure, 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 sure. So now, 50 years later, we're still debating on getting information on the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. And, and uh, when, when you look at the, the, uh, the subject in, its, in, its, in the way that it's influenced so many things about daily life, <laughs> we, we, we just we don't comprehend that. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, oh, this subject is hard to understand. You know, and they say, oh, what's so hard to understand? I said, well, if you knew what I knew and you've read what I've read, and you've talked to the people that I've talked to, you you would understand why I am so fascinated. I think it depends on the, the person, too, because um, some need to have something in hand to believe it or to see it, you know. And instead, it's really by inference in so many ways. And it's the circumstantial evidence is, like, stacked up higher than the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a good way to frame it. But, the, uh, um, so you have to, but some people just can't, could never go with that as a premise. And in, in I believe there's a certain there's a certain degree that people are open to things and not open to things. But you're right. Nobody that listens to this podcast. I'm talking about the ones that don't, obviously. Well, the ones that listen to this podcast are going to get a a big meal because <laughs> this subject covers not only the present but covers and touches into the past that's why i jump back and forth with the uh, ancient astronaut uh theory by uh yeah that's constantly re- reflecting on on the the information that i've acquired by uh by the years gone by it's, i think you made the point in the last one we did that it's like what the the what's out there, so to speak. It might be underneath us, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's right beneath our feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be. You know, how do we know that, um, that what was happening on this earth several thousand years ago? How do we know? How do we know how many years ahead in technology they could be? A million, a thousand, a hundred, five hundred, ten thousand. We don't know. Yeah. W- and what was happening on this particular rock, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, when you think about uh, on the on the, the way the police do their work, you know, police do a, uh, take a case and they, they uh, section off the area and they prevent anybody from coming into the area so they can hmm. check every aspect of the crime or yeah the scene that took place in that particular area. And they, and they do the same thing with, with the, uh, the subjects that, that have uh, too much publicity. They have to find a way to downplay the interest in, in certain topics. And this is uh, mm-hmm. common today. I, I notice it today in the way that the press uh, conferences are held in the, uh, for the president. The, 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 the questions are put out by the, uh, the press corps. But 
the press already has been screened for the questions that they're going to be asking. And so it, it's almost fake because the, the questions have to be coordinated with the, uh, with the person that's going to answer the question. It's, it's, it's like a question and answer. Like you feed me the question first and then I'll give you the answer, but I'll give you the answer first and then the question after. So it's, it's, it's a mixed up way of handling information. And, and it turns out that a lot of the information is propaganda. And, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a somersault of, of facts and twisting the information to make something that looks uh, true make it look false. And uh, I, I've seen this in, in press conferences continuously where as soon as a question gets a little too deep to be answered, uh, the, the question is sidelined and, uh, oh, I'll circle back and I'll get back to you on that. You know, it's a way to avoid being uh, cornered, you know, and, and this cornering of, of uh, the press and the public has something to do with the way that they, they handle this subject, too. Oh, could, sure. I could, mean, you, could you yeah. imagine if they answered every question that the press would, would put to the uh, to the uh well, they, uh, anybody can hire a publicist. You can be a foreign right. country. You could be a political party. You could be um, an individual. Anybody can hire a publicist. Mm -hmm. Publicists can make uh, press happen. <laughs> and, they, and they can be I'm pressed. Like, it's very simplistic, but... You know. But they can also be influenced by large amounts of money. <laughs> exactly. To uh, push an agenda that could be contrary to uh, the public's... Uh, you know, yeah, the well-being of... The, it's in it's in your own good that we're not telling you. You know, the need to know has been withheld because you don't have a need to know what's what we're looking at. You know, and this is uh, the ruse that they use for national security. You know, the, yeah, the protection of of Which, our our society is based unfortunately, on. Unfortunately, we don't know the degree of. I mean, one thing is that they haven't attacked us that we know of. That mm -hmm. I mean, I think we would know it. Yeah, right. I, 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 uh, you well, know, I have brought up these many, many reasons why they're here, and uh, the the most influential uh, reason uh, keeps keeps coming up is this uh, interest in our nuclear power mm -hmm. and our nuclear weapons, and uh, the use of these weapons in the, in the last century. Uh, Removed uh, over uh, 50 million people uh, with the war and fighting and killing. So this is not really a, a, a great uh, thing to leave behind, you know, that the, uh, mm. the human race in the, in the 20th century was uh, a, a really a big uh, killer, you know, and this, this could be a reason that this race has, has uh, taken an yeah. interest in, yep. Like in us, be like, um, hey, don't f it up, man. You know, because yeah, yeah. that has uh, it could have broader implications from, than just the Earth. We start messing with the wrong stuff, and obviously, <laughs> the the potential for them to have a more, much more advanced technology is is. I mean, you have to. I think most you have to think that it's possible that there are other much more advanced technologies out there than us. If you believe in other extraterrestrials at all. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen of um, sightings of ships, 
and UFOs and how fast they are and the fact that they're not using the normal propulsion methods because they're silent and all that. Well, to go back to the, uh, to the original uh, thesis of, of why the subject was pushed into this uh, top secret uh, category stems from the awareness that when the, uh, the object in New Mexico was retrieved and the analysis was done uh, and the documents that are known as the Majestic 12 documents reveal the creatures that were on board these craft that have been sighted for, for years. And uh, the sightings, like I've said in previous episodes, have been uh, monitored during the war, and uh, we kept track of them. We had no idea what they were. They gained uh, nicknames uh, like Foo Fighters and uh, unidentified objects. And uh, the uh, the subject uh, got more close uh, closely looked at when this object uh landed in New Mexico and was retrieved by the military. And once the, uh, the analysis was done uh, on this uh, alleged craft, the secrecy level had to be raised because uh, information that has uh, shown up in books that I've uh, read uh, with the very important people like Winston Churchill or, you know, um, which is the uh, Roosevelt and... Uh, Truman, these these presidents and and these individuals that I spoke about have uh, indicated that uh, this subject should not be disseminated because of a breakdown in uh, our society. But at what point? I mean, um, I was watching a documentary recently, and they were quoting statistics on how much of the public believed in UFOs. And this was like in 1990-something, 1995 or mm -hmm. 97. It was in one of the big publications. It was like 52% or something. And now it's something like 78 or 80%. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's getting up there. Yeah, now that, that's, a, that's a good reason to, mm -hmm. to think uh, that uh, disclosure is getting closer and closer, and we're more prepared today to accept uh, the, this, I think, this I think fact so. yeah. that we're not alone in the I, cosmos. But are people, don't you think, though, there's an element of the public that's just like, well, let the government take care of things and let, they're going to look out for us. And, yeah. You know, that's the government. That's their job to worry about those things. I got my job and my kids. and <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's, a, that's a very simplistic uh, view because that's a childish look. Uh, and oh, a complicated thanks. problem. Oh, thank, thank you for describing my life. Thank you. <laughs> the 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 individuals will think, oh, oh, I'll I'll let my parents uh, take care of everything for the rest of my life, and I don't I don't have to make my breakfast any day. Uh, I, I I was getting my Cheerios at five years old, but I'll get my Cheerios when I'm twenty years old. My parents will make everything for me. But no, this will never happen. I no. see what you're doing, Bria. You're trying to make um. Uh, uh, activist ufo activists out of all of our listeners i got it i see what you're doing yeah the uh, people uh <laughs> sometimes deserve to be in the dark about are you going to be things. a grown-up are you going to be a child about this come on now you know when, when my parents <laughs> said don't stick your your hand in the in the fire you know uh, when she was cooking her uh her breakfast 
And I would say, why, mommy? And she said, <laughs> it's for your own good. Just listen to your parents, you know? And so I, I didn't stick my hand in the flames because I trusted uh, that they, they knew better. And, and this is sort of the, uh, the simplistic way of looking how, at how the government handles. By the time you were a teenager, you had three tattoos and were playing, you went off with the rock band. I only okay. had one tattoo. You rebelled at some point. You did. 